0: Hi guys, I'm Shannon Riley and this is Embracing the Suck In today's podcast, which is part 1 of 2 We are joined with one of my incredible cousins, Luisa Who is all the way in Valencia, in Spain Today, oh, today's a good one guys We are getting deep into some heavy conversations But also having a great laugh I honestly loved doing this podcast with her so much. So I hope you'll be able to feel that love and I hope you will enjoy it as much as I did. Peace. (laughs) Enjoy. Hello. (laughs) How are you doing? I am okay. Yeah. (laughs) I heard that uh, you guys are now allowed to walk around, which is really cool.
1: We are, we are. We're finally allowed out after I think it's eight weeks being inside. That is Um, crazy. A bit unreal. And I guess it's a it is a positive thing, but it's also quite nerve wracking. Yes. After so long in just this kind of mindset now, the Mm. fact that you actually get to go out into the world again.
0: It is. Like we went for a walk this morning and I was saying to mom and dad how funny it is to suddenly see now so many people running around and walking around, whereas before um, COVID and lockdown, you would barely see people doing it. <laughs> it's not like everyone's doing it. It is very interesting
1: to watch people and how they are reacting and how we're mm. reacting as, you know, as a community to the situation. It's an interesting time to be alive.
0: What do you feel has been the best thing to come out of lockdown for you and the hardest thing to come out of lockdown for you?
1: Let's see, that's a tricky question. For me, I guess um, lockdown has brought about a lot of different moments, a lot of different feelings about Mm -hmm. things because I guess I've tried to balance on the one hand, um, you know, allowing myself to have those low moments Mm-hmm. and cuz it is you know a, a a difficult situation it's a situation that can bring about some of those feelings mm-hmm. but also to appreciate how uh lucky and how really kind of privileged i am in a situation where mm-hmm. um, all my family is healthy mm-hmm. um we're all safe and at home um I am, you know, in my home, I am, you know, being able to make food and to, you know, make it to the end of the month and not really have to think about very, very big worries right now. Mm. So I think balancing those two is um, interesting. I think uh, the most positive thing to come out of it is feeling really stopping and valuing and reflecting valuing our things so valuing the people I have around me the people that Mm -hmm. I have reached out to or have reached out to me feeling that connectedness and support even though we're not able to see each other Mm -hmm. and the connection that's come through it has I think been the the most valuable thing the thing I most appreciate and I don't really know uh the hardest thing the hardest thing would be I mean the moments of just sheer kind of frustration
0: yeah and
1: and and restlessness but Mm. even then you know uh, and you know low moments or things Mm. like that but even then you kind of without wanting to undermine your own feeling, you do mm. have a voice in the back of your head saying, you know, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You're okay. You're in a safe place. You mm. are, you've got a great, commu- you know, community to support you mm. uh, and people who love you and you're going to be fine. So, you know, my low isn't the lowest of
0: the low. Yes. And
1: I kind of, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if that answers that. No,
0: question. definitely. I think also with this time, uh, I think we all started spending a lot of time on social media and on our phones and seeing like all these posts of people going, now's the time to like be the, become the best you and um, get your dream body or like learn that new skill. And did you ever kind of feel that pressure? You weren't being productive enough during this time um where it should be like a good time to rest and kind of take it easy or did you not really feel that pressure were you kind of just um listening to yourself like this is what I need to do today for my um saneness and (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh no definitely
1: definitely I definitely saw it and in a way personally felt it um Mm -hmm. I did make a screenshot and kind of made a mental note of something I saw where it said this is a crisis this is not a productivity race sure um and it and it kind of hit home with me because it was it it, you know it sounded out the message that you know this is a difficult time yeah you are allowed to you know to to do whatever you need to feel okay Mm -hmm. and it you know and some people i guess um the reflection that came about with me when i saw all these people doing different things and and you know saw so many artists kind of you know putting their things out there which i thought was you know amazing and beautiful um and people were really using the time to to do things that they they you know felt were significant I guess from the reflection that came from that for me was that every person needs to deal with shit differently yeah so I don't know if I can swear but no of course Um, (laughs) they need you know um some people need to get into bed and Mm -hmm. not come out for a couple of days or even a week or just not (laughs) come out of bed and you know eat and sleep and do you know and just the fact of getting out of bed is Mm -hmm. is an achievement I think for all of us Mm -hmm. you know and other people they need to stay busy um I think it's also you know how you were living your life before Mm -hmm. um makes you know a difference in in my personal experience I was I've always you know done kind of too much not too much but I've (laughs) always tried to keep busy tried to stay you know just try to stay uh kind of keep my mind entertained um and keep doing and keep doing and this kind of moment that we're living has been a moment to really think about the rhythm at which I want to live my life how Uh, how much I can expect of myself and I think I'm more on the side of being quite I'm a bit of a disaster organizing myself Mm -hmm. so um, I've just kind of taken it a day at a time Mm -hmm. and um, I've just I've tried to make a routine out of it and you know keep doing some things and and keep myself busy Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, but at the same time giving myself some slack and saying okay well if you aren't getting out of bed until 10 that is not Something to be ashamed of. Yeah, you know, there is nothing. There is no shame, or at least try to minimize the shame that I think we carry with us, and that you know things like social media can impose on us. Because it's not a moment to feel shame. It's a moment to to embrace yourself and to look after yourself. Because it's a difficult moment. It's a crisis, which can be used as an opportunity, but mm-hmm. it can
0: also just be felt as a crisis. Your. <laughs> you're speaking the truth (laughs) (laughs) oh man I couldn't agree more with like everything you just said the first topic that I thought we could talk about ironically is traveling which we cannot do right now um but you have done a lot of it before this COVID-19 and um I wanted to ask where are all the places you've traveled to I know you've gone to a lot of places with your family and friends have you ever traveled anywhere on your own
1: I have so with my university course we had the opportunity to do like a placement mm. and I chose to do it in Uganda wow. um, so I traveled there for I think it was about two months or just over two months and I was in a rural village in Uganda for a lot of the time Um, uh, helping out in an organization very small organization that was just kind of starting to build itself um, that worked with the two local schools in that rural area and worked to improve the quality of life of the community as well as uh, the especially vulnerable people and I was Mm -hmm. put on the vulnerable children program and there was just a lot of kind of work that had to be done around it to get the projects going at the time that I visited it so that was I was there for a couple of months and then I also traveled to Peru mm-hmm. uh, by myself and worked uh, well it didn't work I volunteered there for four or five weeks in Cusco in the city wow. in I think it's the south again with uh, a kind of project that uh, worked with vulnerable children and then I also did like mini, mini travels a couple, three years ago it was now, mm-hmm. three years thus, yeah, uh, three summers ago where I went to Berlin for 24 hours. I was kind of visiting friends who were doing placements or living in Europe. Mm-hmm. So I went to visit somebody in Finland, in Finland, yeah, in Finland in a healthy yeah. um And I went to visit somebody in Poland. But at the same time, between those visits, I did like a day in Berlin by myself and a day in, in, or a couple of days in, oh, I forget the names now. This is really bad. Um, (laughs) Well, in a city in Poland. Okay. Krakow. Krakow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which were really special. Um, Even just having 24 hours or 48 hours to I think it was kind of the first time well not the first time but just being kind of totally by yourself
0: Mm.
1: it was uh, a little bit nerve-wracking but then everything in my life is (laughs) Um, uh, but also really peaceful I Mm.
0: think it's peaceful and exciting yeah yeah that is so cool Um, I think something that I really admire about you is that you've traveled so much and you don't just travel what we do. Like, it was like, go to see Paris, like tourists, the places you've gone, you actually did something for someone else. Like, it wasn't just for you, it was for other people. And I think that is so cool. And more people need to do that because I think that really helps shape you into the person that you are now. Like, such a generous... And selfless person, and I think that's so cool. Do you prefer traveling on your own or, say, traveling with your family? I think there's (laughs) pros
1: and cons to both. Um, Yeah. I think based on what you you were saying before, um, I think although you know it was working with NGOs and things like that, yeah, um, it did have a selfish aspect to it because I was. Mm. I was looking for, you know, it's, it's, it's something I'm interested in. It's something that mm-hmm. I, I studied about and um, it's something that I'm uh, passionate about. So, it, and also I just, I like to try and find an experience, at least allow me slightly to, to see a little bit more of the culture yes. of a place. And to, I wouldn't say immerse myself, completely cuz that would be it's impossible it takes ages yeah um but just to see how to be in contact with people mm-hmm. uh from that area i think you know i've i've visited places and seen the sites and that's been amazing but the mm-hmm. the the travels that i've really appreciated were the ones where you get to see the people mm-hmm. uh and meet people and just you know c- um live with or you know um coexist with their realities and just have some insights into that was really was really powerful and and yeah Uh, I would say you've got to be a bit careful at the moment because there are you know a lot of it's becoming more popular Mm -hmm. uh and so there's a lot of ecotourism but I definitely think it's a it's a great way to travel for example to work on on eco farms and travel or to find something that you're interested in and and yeah do it in another country it's it's an interesting thing to do um and going back to your question that you just asked (laughs) family or um alone I would say I enjoy both Hmm. I think um some of my most treasured memories are family camping trips yeah are um going to visit you guys yeah um which would be now six or seven years ago mm-hmm. so I think family trips have a magic to them they 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 are they definitely hold a place in my heart mm-hmm. um I've also traveled a couple of times with my mom yes with my mom and those for me were just amazing amazing um times where I felt very happy um she is my favorite person in the world so (laughs) it was great to travel with her um and they are really special memories and then also traveling alone what I said before it's kind of that uh, feeling of peacefulness Mm. and excitement and adventure but at the same time being in your own company has some kind of um value to it yeah and you kind of get something out of that and you can learn something from that and seeing what happens so obviously you know on these journeys I made friends I talked to people I didn't you know become a um you know silent mute for for age I so it's also you know being open to that experience as just one person you're Mm -hmm. not anything in relation to anyone else you are just you and you can just present yourself as who you want to be is kind of exciting yeah
0: Um, Yeah, definitely. It also is like really empowering, empowering, because normally like when you go on family trips, we kind of like follow, you know, dad or mom and stuff like they kind of pretty much plan out the whole holiday. Um, but then when it's like just you, then it's like, okay, I can choose what I want to do today and where I want to go. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And I know that it will be tough to choose like a favorite trip that you've done. So what are your top three favorite travels, adventures that you've been on so far?
1: I would have to say Peru is one of them. Mm. Peru was a really special moment. I think visiting you guys in South Africa. Yeah. Is up in the top three and I would have to say one of the big family holidays they mm-hmm. just felt like a dream when we all managed to get together you know the the number of us that we are spread over you know such distances and we got together it it felt there was definitely a, a, a I don't want to sound too mystical but it was definitely <laughs> magic in the air and that uh, you know it was just like you know, a family reunion, and it Mm. felt like a reunion, and there was so much joy in that, and they are really special memories for me.
0: Definitely. Ditto! (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what would you say is the hardest part about travelling and the best part about travelling?
1: I think they're one and the same. Yeah. I think as a person who experiences anxiety, Mm. you kind of feel these barriers that impede you from doing things mm. or make it harder for you to do things because you start thinking about everything that could possibly go wrong and that can sometimes dissuade you from doing it. And breaking them down is hard mm. and also really cool to do. So I think the hardest and, you know, proving to yourself that, you you know, it's not something that you you know, it has its its risks, Mm. but not because it has its risks, you're not going to do it. And you go out and you just, and you just do it, which in my case, because, you know, I think I'm, I, everybody has different levels of anxiety. Mm. And obviously, you know, some, I've had it where it's been very debilitating at times. Uh, But at the times where I have felt my strongest, and I've been able to do that, it's been a really, amazing experience to be able to you know acknowledge that I have some power of choice in what goes on in my life and what I can do with it so yeah I think the hardest and the and the best part is is kind of that
0: everything you're saying I'm like oh man
1: (laughs) Oh, good that's been my experience for like I've I've re-listened to two of your podcasts this morning and that <laughs> it's been my especially the disappointment one I listened to it the first time I was like working to go get go- groceries uh I was going to the shops and honestly I had the biggest smile on my face and I was just nodding the whole time <laughs> and people were looking at me weird and I didn't even care because it was just like yes you speak the truth <laughs>
0: oh dude thank you man that really means a lot (laughs) oh i love it okay so the next topic is it's a toughie but it's it's all about truth and i think it ties in a lot with like what you just said and i thought we could talk about sexuality we've never actually spoke about like labels i remember having a conversation with you about it correct me if i'm wrong but i think you said like I don't really know, like, what I am and I'm fine with that. Did you? That is, yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I like that. I don't think everything always needs to be a label. If that gives people peace, then awesome, go for it. But I think sometimes it's okay to not label everything and just to be like, this is who I am and, you know... (laughs) yeah I don't know if I'm making sense
1: you you are and you're also again speaking truth Mm -hmm. um I think labels are very important especially Mm -hmm. within the LGBTQ community yeah um it has been you know the uh it's been a a gate opener to to visibility Mm -hmm. it's been you know it's created community it's been I mean in other aspects of my life labels were completely necessary and really helpful mm. um in this aspect of my life i can definitely appreciate the importance of the label mm. uh for you know for anybody who who struggles with their reality and then realizes that the reality is shared with other people mm. and that there's a you know there's a community around it um and that you can belong to that community there is such a power in in that and then there is, you know, my personal experience, which is a journey of discovery. Mm. And it's still something, you know, I don't I wouldn't really know what label to place on it. Yeah. It's something that I discuss with friends and, and even with you know, with family. And the yeah, my truth is that I I I wouldn't know exactly what label to, to place on myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> when did you kind of realize you weren't just into males that you were also into females?
1: I've kind of given a bit of thought or discussed it in the last few months Mm -hmm. with a few people I think was down to having uh, references Mm -hmm. of people so throughout my school and high school I wasn't one of those people who I automatically knew it it kind of never crossed my mind you know I felt things and now looking back you think oh okay that makes sense Mm. but it never was something that really presented itself as a possibility at that time Mm -hmm. and then getting to uni and there's more of a diversity of people you're out in a wider kind of world and also the world is kind of waking up a little bit more to Mm -hmm. to you know there's more visibility that's when I started to kind of think oh well yeah maybe and it turns out that you know in uni I found somebody who I was attracted to Mm -hmm. who was a woman I was in a heterosexual relationship at the time a long-term one and you know I found that out while I was in that relationship and Mm -hmm. and that was totally fine as well you know it was an interesting journey of discovery
0: (laughs) did you ever kind of struggle to come to terms with it I guess
1: there was definitely a factor of oh god what does this mean yeah but i uh i'm i have to say i was really lucky in the sense that i was very privileged in the people around me mm-hmm. and who i got to talk through i have a very good friend who i got to talk through this with who was going through a kind of similar situation and i will be uh, eternally grateful to, sure. to that person i also the partner i had at the time was amazingly supportive mm-hmm. and said you know, thank you for sharing this with me. It is part of who you are and I love you and I love everything about you. And this is, you know, one more part of you to love. And again, my family were... I really appreciate the way my family kind of reacted yeah. to the information when I shared it with them. Mm. They were very calm mm. and peaceful about it and very I don't want to use the word accepting because there's nothing yeah. to accept. Yes. Not a reality that you can accept mm. or reject. It is it just exists. Yes. But they embraced it. Mm. So in that aspect, I was very lucky. Mm. Personally, internally, it was, I guess it had moments of stress. I've been kind of following this pattern. And now, you know, this whole, this window has opened up of opportunity. And I don't really know what to do with it. Mm. But it's been more liberating than it has stressful Ah. it's kind of allowed me to deconstruct things that had kind of been installed within me you know things that you've talked about in previous episodes like how women are taught to be more pleasing or this way or you have these certain like uh, you've you know watched enough romantic comedies to know how a girlfriend's supposed to act yeah you know and and it was kind of like putting that into a box of movies Mm -hmm. and saying those are movies they're not references they are not real life Mm -hmm. this is your real life this is who you are and you get to again kind of choose who you want that to be
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it was a moment for me to really allow myself to do that I guess
0: Mm wow (laughs) you
1: flip (laughs) I just gotta I gotta
0: take a moment here what was your first relationship like with a female So
1: the first time I fell in love with a a woman,
0: Mm.
1: um, that woman kind of... It was a whirlwind. It felt like an earthquake inside me. She Well, she didn't, but my world got turned upside down. Mm. And then it all got burnt to the ground very quickly in the sense that it ended very abruptly. Mm. And it allowed me to build things back up Mm. from ashes. It felt very natural Mm. it didn't feel obviously you know you have your kind of first times again yeah but um it's a different playing field I don't know if I'd call it a playing field it does change the game Mm. because you are no longer in that role that you have you know spent your whole life kind of unconsciously constructing sure you I don't know if that makes no definitely Um, 100% suddenly you're just you Mm and you're faced with somebody who, who actually has had, you know, a little bit more of a similar experience mm-hmm. to you than, than maybe, you know, somebody else. And you kind of get to build, in the experiences that I've had with women, you kind of get to build the bond that you want. Mm-hmm. You have more liberty to do that. There's still, you know, there's still so many things that we have instilled in mm-hmm. us. You have more freedom to build the, the, the bond that you want, in comparison to, I think when I was in a heterosexual relationship, but then I was a lot younger mm-hmm. then as well, so that also comes into play. I guess I don't know. No, I, <laughs> I
0: get you. I, I, I'm hearing you. I definitely think that a relationship between like two females, with what you said, that connection and that bond. It must be a lot stronger. Because like you said, even though you don't go through the exact same things, you go through very similar things and you can relate to each other a lot more.
1: Yeah, it has been a different experience from the first experience I had. And it didn't feel strange, Mm. which was comforting. Mm. It felt very organic Mm. and very exciting and very don't want to use the word normal but it just yeah. it just felt like yeah. it was something yeah. good it was something you know just to enjoy mm. to find joy in so I mean I, I'm not saying that you know other types yeah. of relationships are equally you know and especially you can find two you know mm. somebody of the opposite sex or the opposite gender and also find a kind of yeah. spirit and and somebody you can connect with so I I think for me it depends on the person but it definitely part of my experience has been kind of fits in with what you're saying in the sense that you know it was a bit different because there were these kind of similarities that made the bond a different yes. in certain ways yeah
0: with your like relationships that you've had with males and your relationships that you've had with females did you oh I don't even know how to phrase this question <laughs> what kind of differences or like lessons did you learn from because you know how like any kind of relationship you get when it ends you kind of get like a lesson out of it so
1: my first relationship started when I was 16 Mm. 17 and it went on for six years (laughs) and it was Mm. with a man and for me it was an incredibly beautiful relationship where we grew together, where we supported each other, where it really put the bar high Chew. in terms of relationships. We were young, and so it was that kind of first mm. love. Um, but I couldn't have been luckier with the person I got to share my first love with. And we were just very generous with each other. But obviously, being young, you know, you 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 don't really yeah. know what you're doing. You kind of win <laughs> And you kind of just go along with it without really giving it much thought. And in the relationships later on in my life, I definitely gave it a lot mm. more thought and was a lot more reflective. And in a relationship, you know, you need to go along with it, with how yeah. you feel, with the chemistry that you feel with a person. But I guess I, in this case, I also incorporated into it, you know, having a head mm-hmm. on your shoulders because I'm very, you know, when I, when I fall for someone, I'm I'm somebody who really kind of their head goes into the clouds and they're Mm -hmm. kind of living this, you know, kind of dreamy world and the importance of really having your head on your shoulders. And, and when you're getting to know someone, even though you have feel a very strong Mm -hmm. connection to them uh, very quickly, which in my case is, is what happens, trying to also think through whether this person is right for you, definitely in in the first time as I said I I fell for a woman I again let myself you know completely fall into it I wouldn't say it was a negative Mm -hmm. experience it was a it was a learning experience as you said you know you get something out of it but I I learned from my first experience that was so positive I learned how I wanted to be Mm -hmm. treated how I wanted to be Mm -hmm. loved in a in a way and from the second I learned what I didn't want to do personally how you know I wanted to be more guarded with myself I wanted to take more care of myself I wanted to be more careful Mm. in who I allowed to enter into that Mm. intimate circle with and so I've taken both of those experiences and kind of worked with both of them up to where I kind of am now
0: wow you're the last part like I really I really felt that cuz I think that's kind of how I'm feeling now. I kind of feel like I'm very much like ooh, uh the next person that comes into my life, they're going to have to they're going to have to grovel. They're going to have to really work hard <laughs> cuz I ain't gonna let people in easily. And I think it's like it's a good thing and it can sometimes be like a bad thing to do cuz then you might like shut someone up. But I think it is definitely good to like make sure that you protect your heart and that yeah. you don't let just nobody come in, you know, they got to be of high standards. Um. (laughs) It's
1: it's an act of of self-love, I think. Well, from what you were saying in your previous episode about Mm. disappointment, you and me have a very similar way of, as you said in that episode, kind of giving everything and then realizing later on that person might not be prepared Mm -hmm. to do the same and then living through what that means and the repercussions of that. What I took from that was, you know, okay, this is the way Mm. you operate, that's fine, but just be Mm. aware of who you're doing this with and whether this person is going to be. A, it's always a risk yeah. to, to start something, uh, you know, or to fall for someone. It's always, there's always a risk, but that's kind of part and parcel Definitely. of it. I guess the one thing that I would take out of any and all of the relationships that I've been in is honest and open communication. That is what I'm trying now now that I know the person I'm with and I feel safe sharing with them I try and be as open and honest about how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking and what I'm needing because I think one of your previous guests was saying you know nobody can read your mind you have to tell people how you're feeling even though you feel like it's so obvious and they should know already, (laughs) nobody can really know the way you work except for you unless Mm. you tell them and it is scary because it makes you feel very vulnerable but at the same time I think there's a beauty in it because you are allowing somebody else into a very intimate place in your life
0: (laughs) yes everything you're saying I was like yes I was restraining myself because I was like I need people to hear this (laughs) oh man oh definitely 100% communication All right, guys, that is unfortunately the end of part one of this amazing podcast. I hope you are enjoying it as much as I did. Stay tuned for tomorrow, where part two will be released we will be talking about what it's like to travel to a completely different country to study what it's like to end up doing a completely different degree after finishing your first one and how sometimes the plans that you have set for yourself end up not being the plans that the universe or whoever has installed for you. So stay tuned for more amazing goodness to come with this beautiful cousin of mine. Till now, stay safe, have a great rest of your day and check you tomorrow. I'm Shannon Riley and this is Embracing the Suck.